All right, the Whitetail Experience Podcast coming at you on a Tuesday is what I'm hoping I can release this. Pretty good conversation with Brock Jensen out of XOP. Uh, we do talk a little gear focus, product focus um, items from XOP, but we get to some cool stuff. Brock has spent literally months out of his life uh, either camping in a vehicle or, or backpack camping strong rock climbing background so we he tells a pretty epic story of a a pretty big uh big climb with a long hike and uh, has some expertise more in that area uh he also obviously being a rock climber we shot some oh saddle oriented uh content for xop that i think i don't know if you're a saddle hunter just follow the xop page uh, we'll, we'll get some of that stuff out but i thought that was worth mentioning on here the other thing i will quickly highlight is patreon if you are a fan of whitetail experience want a little more detail on the ins and outs of hunting public land the whitetail experience patreon page i try to release roughly a podcast a week Uh, there's the new public land series over there there's some video format that kind of shows some more tactical and map driven content but i i wanted to highlight that i feel that information going out on that feed is valuable and i'm okay with kind of divulging a little more information because it's not going out to the masses if if you will uh, and i always take suggestions from that patreon group so if you're interested in joining i will leave a link in the show notes finally i have a pretty cool video coming to youtube hopefully this week action movies and deer hunting what have i learned i think it'll be funny <laughs> you know just a cool aspect to to a, a youtube video and finally, we have a film launch coming up roughly a month out. Free admission, just show up. XOP door prize of a Vanish and Ultra Doubles. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Maybe I think I have a backpack from XOP to give away as well. Uh, I got to look at the whole prize package. Free beer. Onyx is picking up the beer tab, so that's always a solid. But show up. Nocterra, Ohio, uh, 721. That is a Thursday. Come thirsty. Appreciate you guys listening. Team Harder and Bucks, enjoy the podcast. All right, we are live. We are on location. Hey, there we go. Uh, Brock, you ever done a uh, podcast before? I've never done a podcast. Okay. So we are here at an undisclosed location live. We are outside, so there might be a little wind noise, a little road noise. But I think this is this is good. We've, we've spent the morning shooting accessory videos for XOP, main product videos, some photos, some new things in the works. I think people will be excited about. Um, Brock, give us a, just a, a quick 60 second, who you are, where you're from, what, you, what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Brock Jensen. I, I work for XOP. Um, i newly employed there. Uh, prior to that, I was living out in Washington. Um, my main outdoor pursuits typically revolve around uh, climbing as well as skiing. So I do a lot of that and, and now hunting as well. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rock climbing is definitely in the wheelhouse. Ropes, carabiners. Oh, yeah. The the saddle hunting community has gained an mm. asset, folks. I, I will say that after spending some time here today with Brock. Um, Brock, let's let's look here. XOP has launched in the last couple of years some some new products, but you think the accessories might be an overlooked part of XOP's game. Yeah, no, honestly, I don't. I don't feel like we've done a great job of telling people about our accessories. And I think with all the stands that you have out there these days, that's really what sets um, our company apart from the rest. Because we have 
I think one of the better systems out there, if not the best system as far as when it comes to, you know, um, packing your gear, putting your sticks on your stand, how to carry those out. Um, climbing a tree with our holster brackets is a, is a key one for me um, that allows me to not have to climb up and down the tree while I'm, while I'm you know, going back up and down for sticks, things yeah. like that. So. so at the Ohio Roadshow, the, the <clears throat> stick holsters were on Jake Bush's setup. And they, people, even though we've had those out for roughly nine months, I want to say. Yeah, I would, yeah, pretty um, They were like, wait, what is that? And a stick holster is a attachment for roughly your, your tree stand harness or saddle, I would say. Yep. That is the female end that accepts the XOP climbing sticks with the button, but it also accepts the custom gear uh like the gen 2 sticks is what i'm calling it yep. the ones with the, the little bit same size button as the xops <clears throat> yep exactly and it's on a pivoting head so mm -hmm. that like as you're climbing it's essentially always just like swinging into the, the the upright position so you could grab it and pull it out but it definitely is something that for years i have just tied on my sticks with uh i've always had these like i don't know six inch loops hanging off my 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 um tree stand harness those XOP sticks or holsters, that's the way to go. That's that's a much better option. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things is that they're, I mean, they're really small. They're really small accessories. So they, when they're on their your harness, you don't even notice them there. I mean, they they fit right on there. They're they're not hanging off or anything like that. And yeah, so. But. And yeah, you can't bump a you can bump a stick out of that climbing <laughs> loop like I just described. Those mm -hmm. XOPs hold a little better. Yeah, for sure. And and the fact that they pivot and swing and allow that and and they also you can put them a little bit like behind you on your harness system so that they're not in the way when you're climbing up yep. that tree. Yeah, big time. I, I definitely think that's a, an overlooked item. Also new to the kind of the the XOP lineup of accessories while we're on sticks is the J hooks. Yep, the J hooks are new. And obviously, I mean, prior to that, packing out your sticks was a rather difficult endeavor. Um, using a lot of different straps or, you know, you'd see a bunch of different systems that guys would run. And, and all of those worked great, but, but the J-hooks really have ironed out that process yeah. particularly. So. so I have used bungees. I have used cinch straps. I have I've used uh, gear ties. The thing that I am really considering J hooks for for next year's setup is the fact that a J hook does two sticks at a time. So yep. meaning I have one J hook that hooks onto two sticks and another J hook that hooks onto two sticks. So I don't have to uh, currently I do three or four bungees per my three sticks, and so it's just an extra time around something. That J hook's a very efficient thing. The other thing you guys did with your J hooks, which I like, is they fit. Uh, in between, say, your ultra doubles, your ultra singles, mm -hmm. you don't have to thread the needle. It's a little easier to get in position. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And they're silicone wrapped or, or yep, rubberized they're, wrapped. Yep, they're rubberized wrapped, so that way you don't have to worry about any of the noise or anything like that. Either. Yeah, yeah that is that is a nice option. You know what, uh, uh, talking about a uh, gear-related item that I, I also like came out last year was the uh, Striker Evolution bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that that particular bag? Yeah, so that that bag is is really was designed around saddle hunting, which makes it kind of unique. You don't find a lot of bags out there that are really meant to carry your gear. So um, you can actually pack your your edge platform on there, um, all of your your, your rotating um, single step sticks with the J hooks will fit on there, um, which make a really nice 
kind of clean package too. So yeah, and then it's got a oh a spot for bibs and jackets like on the underside where like those I don't know disconnector connector uh, strapping. Yep, are. yep. You got you have the straps on the bottom which you can utilize for that, and then you got a plethora of pockets too, so you can carry for organization. Which yep, is key. exactly. So that way you know exactly where everything is at um, in your pack. Yeah. Um, anything else that you think is, is overlooked as far as an accessory item from from XOP? Um, I, I honestly think that, that the uh, the Quick Connects are also overlooked a little bit. I know there's a lot of guys moving away from using Quick Connects with how light stands have gotten. It doesn't make much sense to, to carry those out there a lot of times. Um, really what I like to use them for is, is, is presets. That's that's my, my go-to way to do that. I, I'll carry a couple of those out in the woods with me and I find a tree, I'll pop one of those in there and then just I'm ready to go. So I think that that is, is still a killer way to do things if you're if that's what you're you're looking to do so what about the new ultralight harness it's a very minimalist tree stand harness it's got uh loops for the lineman belt but it also i actually was the the, the tester yep uh, and ran that thing all last fall and the best part about it is i feel like i didn't notice i had a, a tree stand harness on and it does also pack down really nice which you're like oh who packs down a tree stand harness well after my morning hunt a lot of times i spend some time scouting and so I actually disrobed the harness from the body and, and put it in my backpack. Mm -hmm. And you take some of the old uh, harnesses that rhyme with duddy on the market. They're, they're huge. They, they don't fit in the packs very nicely. And they got a lot of buckles on them. Yep, yep, for sure. And, I mean, one of the cool things about that, too, is that uh, that's going to be our standard harness and sold with all of our tree stands not too far out from now. Oh, so most this... people don't know that, right? So, mm -hmm. like... Not only are they like you can buy it individually, so which which you know if you don't have something that you really like, like that's a great option for that. Yeah. But from I, within a few months, we should have uh, stands in that will be coming straight without. Harness. So if a guy orders a, a new Vanish or something like yep. that, he's getting a qual a he's, little better harness. Yeah. No, he is definitely. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, that's something I th I think's uh, worth noting. Uh, Brock, can I pivot you? Can we? Yeah. Can let's we do it. Pivot? So Brock, you have done a lot of camping. Yes. You have you have literally lived out of a vehicle for months at a time. Yeah, 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 for sure. You have so. been a ski bum. Ski bum. You You've know. been a surf bum. Yeah, surf bum. You know a lot how to like, I guess, uh, survive uh, in in in, I don't know, various uh, environments, uh, <laughs> camping style. And a lot of our listeners are guys that do uh, hunts and maybe spend some time away from from home. If a guy maybe is truck camping, can you think of a either some tips? or key gear items that you find if, if you're in a vehicle camp for let's say two to five days you know guys doing an out-of-state rut hunt he's going to be be camping on, on the place he's hunting what are maybe some key things that you would consider in, in that kind of situation um i mean as far as gear goes you're going to find your everything you have for for tent camping for me was the same stuff i used in my car i did not change up anything for those scenarios um other than i would take a comforter with me um, to help with really cool nights, but but the biggest thing I learned about living in a car was like ventilation. It was by far the biggest thing because if you don't have any of that space ventilated at all, you're going to wake up with a ton of condensation that just yeah. I mean, especially when it's cold, it's going to kill you. Do you just have to have like gas? Okay, because I'm thinking of a truck cab, very common thing. Mm. Would a guy just need to have small ventilation where free floating air? Does he need a powered fan of some sort? Um, I, I, I wouldn't crack necessarily, the yeah, cracking windows is going to be ideal. I mean, especially because sometimes you'll find situations where it's raining and you can't really get away from it. But, 
Even if it's cold, cold. Like yep, even if it's cold. 10, like, 20 degrees, yep, you yep. got a buddy heater in your, no, your nope. cab. Go I ahead. mean, I, I, I never ran a heater okay. ever. Um, but uh, but ventilation was always important. So, like, I know it seems counterintuitive when it's really cold out, but having that ventilation and having air moving moving through is going to be... It's gonna it's gonna help you tremendously. What about food situation? Do you have any tips, tricks, stuff? <laughs> if you've got maybe access, uh, you know, if you're truck camping, uh, you you've got maybe a, a little propane stove in there. Any meal advice? Any like thing you really liked to, to that was easy and good fixing or cookware? Or... Yeah, I mean, I I love fish, so that's the primary thing that I cook when I was living. Like if, if I was at my vehicle, yeah. So I would take a lot of that along with me. Um, eggs last forever, so those were would be big items too that I would eat a lot of. Dude, um, do you see that black squirrel over there? Oh, nice. Yeah. That is Hanging loud. Out. Oh, he's chasing the fox squirrel. Yeah, look at him over there. Yeah, I can't say I've seen a black squirrel in a minute. <laughs> All right, not to derail. No, so. yeah, totally. Um. Yeah, so no, like uh, eggs, eggs are a huge source of protein and they are a wonderful asset because they can hang out unrefrigerated okay. for long periods of time. Now, so are you, you get fresh you're, that you're talking farm, yeah, farm, farm eggs, farm, eggs, farm the chicken, yep, yep, not from the store. Yep, yep, for sure. Okay, that's a that's a good tip there. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like heat up meals? Because I, you know, a lot of us are hunting October, November, colder temps. <laughs> a warm meal is a morale boost. Oh yeah. Do you have anything that you was a, a go-to in that aspect, or? Um, my favorite thing to cook out there. Um, I, I, I keep a, a Dutch oven with me, a nice little uh, cast uh, cast iron one. Yeah. And I'll cut up uh, kibasa, potatoes, onions, some garlic, and some green peppers, and pop that all in there, and let it burn a little bit. I know it sounds weird, but you yeah. got to get some crispiness on there. Okay. And that is absolutely delicious. And. Uh, only salt and pepper. I don't do any other seasonings, just salt and pepper. Okay, let me ask this, because I am a, uh, I, 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 I have not figured out how to do this, but on my trips, I would love to be able to either have a, a, a slice of pizza that either I've already made and then just need to heat up as the Dutch oven. Could that do that? Oh yeah, you could like, do that. You could actually, I mean, if you, if you could, if you could make your dough or like have dough with you, you yeah. can make a whole like Chicago style deep dish deep, deep dish pizza in there, or, now, you, or you could heat yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's say I've ordered pizza from my favorite establishment on on Friday, and I'm going out of town Saturday, Sunday to hunt. Could it, could that Dutch oven be oh, yeah. like almost no, like no, a no, micro, no, a exactly. slow microwave? Yeah, slow microwave for sure. I mean, it, it'll work just like an oven. You know, you just keep yeah. that lid on there, and that'll heat up real nice and cool. Do you utilize the Dutch oven directly in a in a like an open flame fire, or could you do it if you had like a Coleman stovetop with propane? Both. Both. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's I'll, good. I'll, I'll That's utilize good it in both ways. Oh. Yeah. Because that may help me uh, oh, pull this off. I have a, a, a stovetop that I, I've, I've had for years. And I actually recently just got a little bit better one that's got like a true grilling. So I could like make dogs yeah, or brats. Yeah. That's all, something I always take. I, I feel like brats is, is a quick, easy fix. Um, <clears throat> warm food, you know, brats, mustard, good to go there. Yep, yep, What's sure. your condiment in your cooler? What's your condiment, like versatile <clears throat> condiment you take on these trips? Um, I take um, like... Um, Tapatio. What is Tapatio? Tapatio is like a very spicy um, hot sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Me and a buddy, we, we take a squeezable mayo, one squeezable. Okay. Yeah, you don't, you sure. don't need to yeah. get a knife. And uh, it's versatile. You can put mayo on eggs. You can put it on a sandwich. You yeah, can put it sure. on a brat. Like if you only had one, I feel like mayo is a pretty good option. But that, and that's how I feel about the tapatio. I put it on everything. Like you could, you could, you could do all those things that you mentioned. I could do with my tapatio. So, oh, like the, okay. But okay. you gotta like spicy food, you know. I mean, like yeah. for me, like that, that is like one of my my like true loves, spicy oh. food. So nice, nice. All right, we're gonna make another pivot real quick here.
All right, Brock, I'm gonna ask a slightly different situation. What about like you have done a lot of uh, uh, camp on your back, backpack camping. Is there maybe some key gear or methods to the madness to, to improve on that end? Um, I know my buddy Dave, uh, you know, guy on the team, has a Western trip this year and they'll be doing a lot of backpack camping. Is there any key gear? I, 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 we do the grail water filters. Um, we do dehydrated meals. Is there something that maybe you could could sprinkle in some expertise here? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of different things out there these days, and I think they're becoming more and more um, well known. Um, MSR makes great great equipment for cooking your food. I don't know if you're, you're aware of them, probably at this yeah. point. So, uh, but the pocket rocket um, is their smallest uh, piece of. I guess cooking stove. Yeah, and that thing is awesome. I mean, I've never used that in a situation where it didn't didn't do well for me. Okay. Um, that would be a big one, as far as like, I mean, I think it weighs like two point three ounces, something like that. Okay. Like tiny, tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. Um. So what, especially for like when you're packing in deep, that's going to be a good option. So. Yeah. What's your uh, water filter? System. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it's a bag system, so you just fill it up and let it hang. And it's not it, the Sawyer Squeeze, is it? Not the Sawyer Squeeze. I've used those, which I like those too for a little bit quicker stuff. But this one, this one, you literally just fill the bag, mm -hmm. and you can leave it in your bag while it filtrates it filtrates the water down into a, a different bag. Oh. So. Oh, so it's doing work for you. Yep, doing work for you. You don't have to do anything. You just fill up the bag and let it let it run. Nice. So. And you said you make a lot of your dehydrated meals. You don't you don't have a brand of choice. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I make all my dehydrated me meals. I prefer it that way. I've I love to cook. So for me, eating food out of a bag has never been a fun thing yeah. i mean and i don't think it is for anybody but like after i started doing that for a long time i kind of realized that i can do this myself and i can do it better so i take a lot of like dehydrated dehydrated mushrooms um powdered milk you can you can do a ton of things with um i'll make alfredos out there with parmesan powdered milk and some dehydrated mushrooms right ah. um, i'm also a huge huge fan of um wild edible foraging so um, I, I'll find wild onions and, and you know whatever whatever else I can find out there and, yeah. and make a meal. So interesting. And you have said you are a food minimalist. You talked about the trip that you made that turned into was supposed to be a three dayer. Yeah. And turned into a five dayer. Yeah, totally. So why don't, why don't you give us a quick highlights of that trip because that's so, a wild story. Yeah. So I I went um, on a whim. I decided to go climb uh, a mountain called Mount Stewart on. Um, the north ridge of that particularly so it's a, a 3,000 vertical feet of climbing and it takes uh, it's about 12 and a half miles to get to the base of the climb of which there was like a big late glacier, glacier crossing and and then you and then before so right 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 you go through the, the glacier and then you get right into the climb so tell, tell the people the miles just to get to the base of this so mountain. yeah so it was 12.5 miles to get to the base so you're looking at about a 20 24 25 mile round trip total isn't um, that almost a half marathon yeah yeah, yeah. so people put those little stickers that they did something great and that's 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 like a third of this journey yeah that that, you that's on. just a part of what i'm doing right okay. so that, that's just that's just to get to the fun part right mm -hmm. um so you, you get to the base of this climb um, and then you have 3,000 feet of climbing before you have to descend down another glacier and then um, through really st a really steep gully for the rest of the way. And that's about a four-mile trek to the base of the mountain again before you head back out. Um, so we, we went out on a, on a Friday, hiked partial of the way in. The next day, got to the bottom of the climb, hiked, and then climbed for the first half of it. Um, there is a 
part of the climb that's called the Great Gendarme, right? So the, the, the Gendarme is like this huge feature that just juts straight up, right, okay. out of the rock. And it's about a 300-foot face that is like about 2,000 feet up, right? And it is absolutely terrifying because you are looking down both sides and you're seeing the glaciers that you're on now 2,000 feet below you, right? And, and, and it is scary. I mean, it's a very exposed experience, you know, having to look down. A lot of, this, a lot of the climb, you actually, you're kind of tucked in so you don't get to notice it as much. But that, mm. one, that one particular spot is just wide open. You're in the air, right? Well, there was a, there was a, a group uh, that, that we ran into that was ahead of us and they started that first. And long story short, um, they kind of had a panic attack and... and which then caused my my team to have to kind of rescue them. So we had to help get them up to the top of the mountain and off the mountain, which turned our th three-day trip into a five-day trip. Um, so they had a panic attack side yeah. of a mountain. Side uh, of the mountain. Uh, yeah. rock, rock face. Yep. What, I guess... You can't have a panic attack there, I thought. You, sh you shouldn't have a panic attack there, though. And, and, and I thought rock climbers were like, I don't know assassins yeah like and i mean I we, we had run into them a couple times throughout the day and they the, the lady who this happened to had actually climbed this thing multiple times and um she was very very comfortable she she was a strong climber i got to watch her climb and she was really good and i don't know what happened to her that day but something in her broke and it just you know she wasn't able to get it fixed for the day and yeah. unfortunately that just meant that we all had to spend a little more time so so you had to rescue them. Did you guys end up like camping side of the mat or side of the rock face, like on a like yeah. tent that like is held up by straps and rigging? No, no, we didn't do any of that. But we did find. But you've done that. Ledges, yeah. So I've, it's uh, on portal ledges, yeah. So, but there, a lot of times you'll find ledges where you can actually like um, put a bivy sack down on, um, and then you have just enough room for like you and your partner or maybe a couple other people. Yeah. Um, so that that's typically what I what I usually do. Man. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the three day trip turned into five. You you noted you did not have any satellite texting ability. The the wife coming home. Yeah, she was she was not happy. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy trip. I mean, I, I, I like we're, I typically bring enough food to last me about a day. I mean, if it's a three day trip, like I and you'll I'm, just be hungry. The bare minimum, yeah. I'm just gonna be hungry. I, I grew up wrestling. I wrestled for 13 years. Oh, so so be, you... being hungry is just kind of like it's okay with me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I do things. I want to make it as light as possible because I, when you think about all the gear you have to carry up there, you're talking about 40 to 50 pounds of stuff, right? And that's for me and then 40 or 50 pounds for my partner, right? Yeah. With all the ropes, the climbing gear, the harnesses, everything, it just it adds up. So I tend to shave weight wherever I can and food is, a, is one for me. So when you guys are ascending and you have 40, 50 pounds of gear, I assume you climb solo or with, you know, you climb up and then you pull 40, 50 pounds in like some sort of sack up the side of this? Um, How's it, or you don't, do you climb with 40 pounds? So the rope, the rope will be off. It'll be tied between you and your partner, each on either end. Okay. And then the climbing equipment is actually on your harness at this point because you have to use it to climb up. So uh, as you're climbing, you will get rid of some weight. You know, by the time you're all the way at the top, you're going to be pretty close to your, your standard weight. Um, okay, novice question. So you, you said you're shedding weight. How do you so, get back some of that gear? So right? your partner will climb up after you and then pick up the gear. So what, what I'll do is, so, so I, I tend to be the leader of the climb. So what I'll do is I'll climb up, I'll pull a piece of gear off my way, you know, my harness, and then I will put it in the rock and wedge it in there somewhere. Yeah. So that way, if I fall, that thing is anchored in and it will catch me. 
And every 10 feet or so, or, or more, maybe 20 feet, depending on where Skill I'm at, set and um, I will put another piece and yeah. then continue to climb above those pieces. So those anchors are those most anchors. of your weight. Yep. So those, Anchors and rope. Yep, exactly. Anchors and rope are the majority of the weight. Yeah. Very cool. Man. See, I have no exposure to the climbing world. Well, we'll get you out one of these days, so... I, I don't know, man. Kentucky, I, don't, I don't know if I'm built like a climber. You're close to Kentucky. There's ton, tons of stuff down uh, you, there. You'll be fine. Okay. No problem with you. Okay. All right. Well, let me spin this back to hunting. Clearly, you you um, are very comfortable with ropes, very comfortable with being efficient. We talked today. We shot a few uh, little quick tip videos for, for saddle hunting. I think come fall, when you're in that thing several times a week, I think you're going to have some pretty cool ways of doing things here over the next year. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. I mean, uh, hunting has been something that I've always wanted to do. I just have never put the time into it because I've been, you know, obsessed with other things. But yeah. now now living in Iowa, I don't have access to a lot of the things that I, I've loved in the past, which has opened up a, a huge portion of my life that I now can explore new things. So mm -hmm. that's where kind of hunting has come for me. And I, I've been really excited since i've learned about saddle hunting because it just fits right in my wheelhouse so yeah yeah uh I, I i think people will be happy with some of the material we got done today but uh brock anything else on the horizon the xop related i know you said you guys are working with a few organizations around getting people in the outdoors yeah no we're working with um identical draw which i think a lot of people know um they got they have a website called newhunter.org and it's it's built around um connecting People have never hunted before with experienced people, so that way they can kind of um, grow in, in, in mentorships and, and learn about hunting in, in ways that are really beneficial to them. So they can learn about like the ethics of it, the you know the the skills that you need. Little um, things probably too yep, that people exactly. take for granted as yep. far as uh, finding a place to hunt, <clears throat> gutting a deer. Yep, exactly. Like all stuff that like I mean. If you didn't do this all the time, it'd be a very intimidating uh, venture to do it on your own. Yeah. So um, having access to something like that is really good. So, okay. Yeah. Um, any other organizations? Uh, we also work with uh, Raised at Full Draw, which is uh, they're basically a similar deal. They're camps that are all over the country. I mean, they've got some in like Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Montana. Um, I think down in Missouri as well. Um, but their whole premise is teaching people um, archery-related skills, tree stand skills, how to hang your tree stand, stuff like that. We do a lot of work with them as well. So Nice. All right, I'm going to hit you with these rapid fire. I didn't prepare you for this. Perfect. Summer beer choice. <clears throat> um, Corona. Wow, that was in our that was in our bracket. <laughs> hey, that was nice. number two. So, hey, I, so. I just, just threw it out there. I have no, no idea. Yeah. What? Uh, you're not a Corona fan? I don't, don't drink a lot of beer, actually. Yeah. Interesting. I, I love wine. Oh. And whiskey. So those are my kind of two go-tos. Okay. What's your whiskey uh, of choice right Maker's now? Maker's Mark right Okay. Now. Yeah. All right. That, that's worth mentioning. Uh, favorite pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni. Yeah, yeah. Do you dabble in the frozen pizza world by chance? DiGiorno. Wow. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> Maybe overrated in our book. but It, it, but, might, but, it might be, but yeah. Uh, single steps or doubles? Uh, singles. Interesting. Man, Brock, I am learning something about you. Uh, favorite pair of boots? Um, well, I love my Danners. Okay. Even, I, I've got boots that are better suited for other things, but my Danners li like live for uh, so. a particular model. I like the the Elk Hunters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what what else is on that list. Oh, favorite sports team. I don't watch sports. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you were not climbing, hunting, 
or skiing, what's your other hobby of choice? <clears throat> that, that's a tough one. If I'm not doing any of those things, I am probably going to be having a drink. That's the, the, the next one down okay. the list there, yeah. Okay. Favorite action movie? Um, favorite action movie, a cliffhanger. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, I uh, I went and saw. I think it was K two in theaters. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. That was intense, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As unrealistic as all those movies are, is it? Oh yeah. I, I have know. no idea. <laughs> but it was intense. No, they're they're hilarious. Like, I, they would, I love watching them for that. Okay. Sure. They would like injecting people with air bubbles. Yeah. They, and they would like kill them instantly. Yeah, I think that's a real thing. I don't know. I okay. Mean, I know the adrenaline thing with the, the they were because they were they had uh, something to help them with the hypothermia or something. That, that's a real thing. Okay. But. Okay. Um, what would be, would you rather shoot a really wide buck or a really tall buck? Um, I'm going to go with a really tall buck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite, because you're a food guy, what is your favorite food that people might say that's kind of odd? <clears throat> like you like X, but it's very odd. I like X, but it's very odd. Um... I mean, I love sushi, but I don't feel like that's very odd. No, yeah. that's normal. So, um, let's see here. I mean, I, I love crawdads, too. I mean, is that yeah, odd? You, yeah, you, I mean, you go out to find them. Yeah, no, totally. I go out to find them. And what's the name of the mushroom we're about to go pick before we leave here? Oh, we're going to get some um, some of the golden oysters, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. oddly enough, they're everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. We, we've scoped some out. We did a scouting mission already yes, for them. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brock. Well, hey, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Oh, I yeah, think this has been kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. We'll Very have fun. to we'll have to do this again. And and like I said, folks, XOP has some cool stuff in the works. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look for some 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 stuff, some updates soon. Oh yeah. Big All time. right, Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.